Failure launch. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2015. And I hope you got a rocket on your way in because you're going to need it in just a second. We are talking about Israel getting right up to their hopes and dreams, everything they've ever wanted, all their all their aspirations right up to the edge and then not going in. And doesn't that feel like us sometimes? Like we've got stuff and we're, you know, hoping it. Some of those things are even God's will. Like God wants them for us and we get right up to the edge and we can't go in. And how would that happen? And so we're going to talk about uh, this today and entitled Failure to Launch. So in 2011, Candy Chang, who is an artist and an urban planner, lost somebody that was very special to her. And because of this loss, as happens with many of us, we have a loss, we begin to reflect about life, begin to think about what's the meaning of life, what's the purpose of life, what am I doing with my life? She began to have all of those reflections. She lives in New Orleans, right? New Orleans, right? She lives down in New Orleans. And there's a number of abandoned homes in different neighborhoods down in New Orleans. And she had this idea, because she's an artist and an urban planner, she said, I'm going to take one of these abandoned homes that has all the graffiti on it and everything, and I'm going to make it a living work of art. And so what she did was is she transformed one side of it, huge, right? She put this massive chalkboard up there and stenciled in at the top, before I die, dot, dot, dot. And she wrote down her hopes and her dreams and her aspirations. And then she affixed these, these containers on the side of it that had all these different colored chalk and she invited all the community to write their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations. She didn't know what was going to happen. She thought, well, maybe it'll just get vandalized. Maybe nobody will notice. Who knows? Maybe somebody will come along and rip all the chalkboards down. But you know what happened? It was an immediate hit. And people began to pour their hearts out. Some people put really funny stuff. Some people put very serious things, deeply personal things on the board. I want to give you a sample of some of the things that people put on the board, all right? So one guy, all right, this is New Orleans, right? He said, before I die, I want to be tried for piracy. Like, I want to be a pirate, and I want to go to court. It's New Orleans, all right? Another person said, I want to sing for millions. Another person wrote, before I die, I want to plant a tree, Think about this one. Before I die, I want to understand. Before I die, I want to get married. Before I die, I want to hold her one more time. Before I die, I want to be someone's cavalry. Before I die, I want to tell my mother I love her. Deeply, deeply personal things that are on there. Some funny, some serious. We have these boards. There's one here, and there's one here, and if you noticed, there's one when you walk in the door back there, and there's one when you walk in the door back over here. And we encourage you. You have something on your heart, or you have a hope or a dream. Could be serious, could be funny, could be light, whatever. You have something that maybe even God is stirring in your heart. Maybe it's recently. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's even something that is so important to you. And it's been so long in coming that you've prayed over it, you've cried over it, you've agonized over it. We encourage you as we end the service today to write your heart on these walls in any way that you would like to write them. Next week, we're going to bring all these walls on stage and do something very special with them. Now, you already know this because you're such a well-informed audience. You know that somebody who makes a resolution and they write it down, they are 10 times more likely 10 times more likely to see that goal and that dream come to pass. 
than if you don't write it down. Emmett Smith, I hate to say it, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, all right, all right. He's... And the word of God speaks right over here. Okay. Emmett Smith is famous for saying, it's only a dream until you write it down and it becomes a goal. Okay, turn your dreams into goals, all right? I encourage you to do that. Israel, I can briefly tell you a history of Israel. One of the most famous events of the Bible. You look at the Old Testament of the Bible. In the Old Testament, you have creation and you have the Exodus, the two most important events in the entire Old Testament, creation and the Exodus. And you have Israel huge group of people who are being treated brutally. I mean, just brutal, awful, terrible conditions. They're crying out to God, God, get us out. It's their hope and their dream to get out of the conditions that they're in and to be taken to a place where they could live in peace. And then God steps in, doesn't he? So this incredible story how God steps in and sends Moses, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. If he won't let my people go, I'm going to wreak havoc on the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. Like, I'm going to begin to dismantle this nation because that's how strongly I feel about injustice and slavery. So God begins to dismantle. Pharaoh's like, one minute he's like, okay, let him go because this is terrible. We got frogs and lice everywhere. We got darkness. We got problems. We got the Nile River turning to blood. Let him go. And the next minute, he's back. He's vacillating back and forth, back and forth. And finally, he finally says, okay, go, just just leave. That's after the country is decimated. By the way, anybody who's like unclear about the Bible and what it thinks about injustice in slavery, I heard somebody say, oh, you know what? The Bible doesn't say anything against slavery. Whoa, man, I will blow your country up if you don't release these people. I think God's pretty clear there. I just want to say that as a side note. Who, can't mi- who can miss that? Who can miss that? Okay? So he blows the whole country up. He sets them free. They head towards this promise. And what's the promise? It's, it's, it, the Bible calls it a land flowing with milk and honey. What does that mean? It means we're all things that you hope for would ever come to pass. You have a hope. You have a dream. You have a desire in your heart. And they get all the way up, all the way up to the edge of it. And they don't go in. How could that be? Some of us are here today. You're all the way up to the edge of it. Here's what I want to say to you. This service has been planned for for months and months and months and months and months. Been planning for this service. Started like six, seven months ago. A lot of long walks, a lot of prayers, a lot of listening, a lot of thinking, a lot of reflecting God. What do you want to do beginning of January? God has some of us right up to the edge of his will for our life. For some of us, we're right there. Will we launch into it or will we fail to launch into God's will? Nobody's here by accident today. We have been praying about this as a family, as a staff. The prayer team got together yesterday outside the doors of this auditorium in the parking lot as it was pouring down rain. And we said, God, whoever you want to be here today, bring them here today. It's not an accident. God has you here for a special purpose. And some of us are right up on the edge of what God wants to do. Now, here's the thing, but you're not here for today. You're not here today for more information because we have an information overload. 
you haven't come for more information. Time Magazine did a cover story called The Answers Issue. And in it has an excellent quote. Let me give you a lead up to the quote. The whole story begins with this. Roman philosopher Seneca... 2,000 years ago was concerned. He was concerned that the world was on information overload 2,000 years. He says, oh my goodness, we have too much information. How can anybody comprehend all the books in the libraries? It's too much. We've got to slow the flow of information down. He was very, very concerned. Today, right here in your pocket, you have billions of times more information than all the libraries in Seneca's day. Think about that. And so here's a quote. It's up on the screen. We feel like today we are drowning face down in puddles of information. You didn't come here today because you're looking for more information, and we're not going to give you more information. What you're looking for is an answer from God. And we are very conscious of that fact, and we've been praying today that we would receive answers from God because answers are different than information. So instead of giving you more information, we're going to give you a demonstration, okay? So we have some contestants. They're going to launch out of their seats. We're going to explain this game to you. They're going to uh, rockets. So you got your rockets. They're going to use these rockets, and they're going to shoot a big bullseye up here on screen. Let's see the bullseye. That's what they're shooting for. And let's look at the prize that they are shooting for. Whoever wins this contest here this morning is going to, you know how it says Israel is going to live in the land flowing with milk and honey. Well, whoever wins this is going to live in the land flowing with Johnny Rocket Burgers, okay? <laughs> now, I want to tell you about our contestants. Right over here is Natasha. Everybody say hello, Natasha. <laughs> over here is Lyle. Lyle. Hello, Lyle. Okay. Uh, listen, listen. We want you to get behind a particular team. We want you to cheer for them and root them on because they, they you know, they want to win. This is a big deal. A Johnny Rockets burger. You're going to give them a special gift card. All right. One last thing before they start shooting. Okay. I heard Lyle say when he walked into the auditorium, he said this. He said it softly. He says, you know, girls can't shoot. So if that, if that affects who you cheer for, if, I don't know. I, I just want to tell you. I want, all the inf- I want to give you all the information possible. So uh, that's what he said. So, for, so Natasha's going to go first. Okay, here she's going to shoot at the bullseye. Okay. Cheer Natasha Let's on. Go ahead, Natasha. Natasha. Let's see. Woo-hoo! Okay. Release. Yes. Oh, right up to the edge of the promised land. Right up to the edge of the promised land. Okay, Lyle, what do you got? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, oh. Failure to launch. No, that counts as one. Failure to launch. Didn't even make it to the edge. All the way. Failure to launch. Natasha, please. All right, let's hear from Natasha. Here we go. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, failure to launch. Another failure to launch. Lyle. Right to the edge of the promised land. How about one more time? One more time, Natasha. Yeah, yeah take a step forward. Take a step forward. Yeah, get. Yep. Hello. Come on, sweetie. Woo! Okay, one more chance there, Lyle. Oh, failure launch. Look, we need something. We got a rocket. Okay, we're going to get some help. We're going to get some help for you guys, okay? We got a rocket scientist coming up right now. Everybody, welcome Phil Bracken. Hello, Phil. Look, what we're going to talk about in these next few moments is really important. It's going to help you accomplish your hopes and dreams. It's going to help those things that God is stirring in your hearts to come to pass. What Phil, our rocket scientist, is going to tell us is super important. I want you to know that we don't let anybody come up on this stage and take a hold of a mic, all right? So I want to be clear. This guy is credible. I'm going to prove that. I'm going to prove that to you real quick. We want to show you Phil's rocket. This happened two months ago, two, two, three months ago, Wallops Island, Virginia. Here's Phil's rocket. This is actually his rocket. I'm not joking with you. This is his rocket. Watch closely or you miss it. Just watch really closely. They just don't give anybody... Rockets that cost hundreds of millions of dollars, okay? There's a lot of there college went into this. Uh-huh. It's really going good. Look at that rocket. 
Taking off. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not quite you, right. That's what you call failure to launch. Boom. Okay. All right. So uh, Phil has learned a lot from that experiment that he, that, that he tried. That's actually Phil's rocket. So we want to ask Phil a couple very important questions. Please listen closely because what he is going to share could change your life. What's the number one thing that a rocket needs to launch? Number one thing that rockets need are power. Power. That is what a rocket is, is power. The number one thing it needs is power. A rocket is power, right? Where do you get the power from? So for these rockets, we take two normal liquids. One is liquid oxygen. You breathe it in the air. Um, we liquefy that and we mix that with kerosene. Yeah, get right on that mic. Sorry. We, we transform the, the liquid oxygen and kerosene. We pressurize it, yeah. put them together, mix them together, atomize them, and explode them in the, uh, in the chamber of a rocket engine. Doing that, tra that transformative power is released as, as the flames you saw there in the right direction, propelling the rocket into space. Okay, so you take ordinary substances like oxygen, right. you transform them into something that's powerful. Correct. Powerful. All right, last question. Why did that rocket explode? Okay, explain yourself. So rockets are... <laughs> this is on the record. Rockets are tricky to, uh, to, to, to work on. Don't excuse yourself, explain yourself. <laughs> so um, in, in this case, all of that power, all of that incredible pent-up energy, that potential that we have in those liquids that we store in the rocket, well, they go through the engine normally and they, they uh, explode in the right direction. Well, in, uh, in this case, one of those engines, uh, some of that, that power was, was put in the wrong place. That power was released, that energy was released in a part of the engine that it shouldn't have been, which caused a catastrophic failure of that engine and uh, caused a chain reaction, a loss of thrust, and then a failure that you see there. Okay, Phil, so, I don't know if you caught that. So it's all about power power, energy, and energy has to be released in the right direction, it went in the wrong direction, and it imploded, right? So right. energy has to be released in the right direction. Energy has to be released in the right direction. Say that one more time. Everybody listen to this. Energy has to be released in the correct, in the right direction. Okay. All right. Remember that. Now, Phil, our rocket scientist, has tweaked those foam finger rockets. Okay? He's modified them a little bit. We want our contestants to get up again. We're going to take another shot. You all remember, we want to cheer them on. They were making it right to the edge of the promised land. They got it right to the edge, couldn't cross it over. So Be careful, we got Lyle and Natasha. Here we go. Ladies, there we go. We have tweaked, we've modified the rockets. Uh, ladies first, Natasha, please, take a okay. shot. Here we go. Modified. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Okay, all right, good. Come on, Lila. Here, guys. Yeah. Oh! Men, come men, on, Natasha. Men, men, men. Come on, Natasha. Right, come Take on, it to Natasha. him. Take it to him. She's going over her head now. Look at this. Oh, jeez. Oh! <laughs> Too much power in the wrong direction. Okay. Come on, Lila. Come on, come on, Lila. Do come better. On. Penn State. It's for Penn State. Penn State. Oh! Ooh. One more shot, Natasha. Get, get, get. Coach her up. Coach She's her up. She's focused. Oh. Oh. Come on, Lyle. Last chance. Let's see you, baby. Oh. Okay, I think Lyle wins the Johnny Rockets car. Woo. How about a big round of applause for Natasha and Lyle and our rocket scientist, Phil. Ho. Woo. Man, okay. So energy has to be released in the right direction because when it goes in the wrong direction, bad things happen. Rockets implode. I just want to... 
just briefly share a couple things from the scriptures that can make all the difference in your life. It's so foundational. It's so practical. Look, there were 12 soldiers. They went to do recon on this promised land. They went to do recon on God's will. They went to look into this thing, this dream, this hope that God was leading them to. Ten of those soldiers came back, and the Bible says they offered a bad report. And what they said is critically important. Two offered what the Bible says was a good report. And what they say is critically important. I want you to compare the two things that were said. It's in Numbers 13. So the guys with the bad report said this. Ready? Quote, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. I want to ask you a question. Where is their focus Where's their energy pointing to? What's their direction? What are they thinking about? What's everything flowing to in their statement? That was a bad report that caused them to fail to launch. Now let's look at the guys that gave the good report. Numbers 14. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land. You have a clear difference here. The guys that failed to launch into because they needed power and they didn't have power to accomplish whatever God's put on your heart and your life, your dream. They didn't have power to accomplish their dreams, which was God's will because they lacked power because they were doing what? They were looking at themselves, self-focused. What were the other guys doing who eventually made it into the promised land? Their eyes were up. It was bigger It was broader. It was God. It was others. There were other people involved. Their eyes were up. The first group was all about right here. And the other group that made it to their hopes and their dreams, it was about out here. It was a much grander and a much greater purpose. Now, there are a few chapters, everybody, in the Bible that are as important as Genesis chapter 12 because in it we are first introduced to a guy by the name of Abram who later became Abraham. Abraham. And he is so foundational as far as our relationship with God goes. If you want to understand how you relate to God and how you can grow in that relationship with God, you look at Abraham. Because Abraham, the father of the faith, God is saying, here is how. I'm going to take this person and here is how you have that relationship. At the beginning opening verses of his life, something critically important to us is mentioned. Genesis chapter 12. First words that God says to Abraham is go. Go from your country. Go from your father's house, your land. I'm going to show you this land. Now here, verse number two. Here it comes. This is what all of us want to hear. We all want to hear these next words. Abraham, John, Sally Sue, Henry, whatever your name is. This is what God is saying. I will make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. We all want to hear that. We all want to hear that God has a plan for our lives. We all want to hear that God wants to bless us. We all want to hear that desperately. That's a tremendous piece of information. That emboldens us. That encourages us. It gives us hope. It's like, oh, there's something greater than me. God wants to do something in my life. God has a great plan. But it doesn't end there, does it? The ending point of all that blessing is so that, and we forget those two important words. Look, for some of us here, God does want you to get that degree. It's his will. God does want you to get out of debt. God does want you to get married. But you're right up to the edge of it, and something's stopping you. And what I'm suggesting is it could be those, could it be those two little words, so that? Maybe, maybe what's keeping you from God's will for your life is that you're saying, All of God's blessings stop right here at my doorstep and you have forgotten the ultimate purpose of God's will and God's blessing in your life is to bless somebody else.
you're too focused here. You're all about what's happening here. And God says, this little adjustment, this little modification, whatever you write on the board, can you add a so that to it? Can you say, so that other people can be blessed? God, I want you to bless me with a degree so that somebody else can be blessed. And genuinely say that before God. Is those two little, are those two little words standing in your way of what God wants to do in your life? Now, let's look at another scripture. Just it's a thought. It's a really important scripture about power. It's about fear. It relates to our hopes and our dreams and our goals. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? What does it say? He hasn't given us a spirit of what? Fear. He hasn't given us fear. What has he given us? Power, which we need. Phil just told us that. We need power to launch our rockets in 2015 and of love and of a sound mind. Now, here's, what everybody, here's what's so interesting about this verse. That word fear that's there, it's the only time it's used in the entire New Testament. It's the only time. And let me tell you what the word means. It means a lack of power, notice this, because of selfish reasons. It means a lack of power because of self-focus. We don't have power to launch the hopes and the dreams and the things that are deep in our heart that we want because of self-focus. The power comes from someplace else. Is I've given you power. That's the same word we get dynamite from. Rocket fuel. God gives us rocket fuel to launch. How do we get it? But of power, and notice the next word, love. It's agape love. And you know what agape love is. The Greek word means the total opposite of selfishness. It means to be other-focused. It means to be totally selfless. Where does power come from? For you to take a hold of that promised land God wants to lead you to, it comes from selfless. It comes from so that living. Not so me living, but so that living. Give you power and love and a sound mind. Now, the last thing is cool. A sound mind means, means a properly prioritized mind. Right? Proper. So God's first. Who's second? Others. And who's, who comes next? Us. Right? So we put other people before ourselves. When it's properly prioritized, we have power. So if you like to write things down, write this one down. Here's the key point. Power is transformed information. Look, God has a great plan for your life. Oh, that's awesome. But there's not a lot of power to that. We think there is. It makes us tingle all over when somebody says, hey, no, 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 no. God has a plan for your life. It makes you tingle. But you need to transform that. You need to modify that. Romans 12 says... We need to be transformed by the renewing or the changing of our minds. So I want you to change that. I want you to change God has a great plan for your life to this. God has a great plan through your life, through your life to somebody else. It's just not about you. It doesn't stop at your doorstep. It moves on to somebody else. You have to change it. You have to modify it like Phil did with the rockets, okay? So I'm going to ask our music team to come up. Because we're going to end this service in a different way, and they're going to play a song, and I'm going to tell you a story, and then we're going to sing, and I'm going to release you to whatever God's put on your heart to write your heart on these walls that we have before us. And I want to say this as they're kind of getting set up back here. Look, for some of us here this morning, you know what God's will is for your life? You know what so that living is? Some of you need to say no to something. Some of you need to say no to something. Like you're doing so much that you're not thinking about other people. I mean, you're doing all this stuff for other people, right? You're doing all of other people, but you're so drained down, you're not really doing so that living. You follow me? Some of us need to eat right and sleep right and exercise right in 2015 so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. 
I'm not trying to lay on a bunch of stuff on you saying, oh, you got to do all this for other people. You need to think about so that living. Candy Chang. When Candy Chang, that artist and urban planner, put that wall up in New Orleans, it was an immediate hit around the world. There are before I die walls, they're all over this planet now. It just took off. It took off like a rocket. You know why? Well, here's what she did not do. She didn't write up on that wall, before I die, New Orleans, here's what I want to do with my life. And then it all stopped at her doorstep. Say, hey, everybody, cheer me on. This is what I want to accomplish. Hey, yay, Candy, that's awesome. Good for you. I hope you meet your goals and dreams. If she would have done that, it would have died. It would have, la- it would have failed to launch. You know what she did? She says, here's my hopes and dreams. What's yours? How can I help you? How can I help you accomplish your goals and dreams? How can I serve you? How can I bless you? Because she was thinking about somebody else, because she was thinking about so that living, it had power and it rocketed around the world. Your hopes and dreams. Is there a so that to it? Is there a so that to your hopes and dreams? Have you added it? Have you modified that? So it's more than about yourself. It's bigger, it's greater, it's grander. Show you a picture of a guy here on the screen. Anybody recognize him? Anybody recognize that guy? Huh? I'll tell you, that's Bill Parcells. Who know any NFL fans here? Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin, who is the fourth all-time leading rusher in the National Football League. Huge. And his 2012. NFL Hall of Fame induction speech. Everybody should see it. YouTube, it's an incredible, incredible speech. He stood up there and he said something that shocked everybody. He stood up there, this guy, fourth all time, fourth all time in the rushing list, said to everybody, I don't like football. I can't stand football. I've watched, I can count them on one hand, the number of football games I have watched. I don't like football. Then he said this, he's a running back, right? He's a running back. He said something else. He said, quote, I hate to run. I hate to run. Guy collected so many yards, it's unbelievable. I hate to run. He said, even to this day to stay in shape, I don't run because I can't stand running. And then he talked about draft night. When he was drafted into the NFL, guy didn't start playing football until his senior year of high school. And he did it because somebody said, hey, you got to get out of trouble. And so he started, started on the football team. He's there on draft night and Bill Parcells of the New England Patriots calls him. Call it, Curtis? You want to be a New England Patriot? He said, yes, sir. Of course he said the right thing. Yes, sir. Yep. That's, yep. That's what I want to do. Hung up the phone. He turned to all of his family and friends that were in that room. And he said, oh, my gosh. I do not want to play football. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're talking about NFL money. We're talking about NFL fame, NFL fortune, being in the spotlight. Some of us look at Israel and we say, well, that could have never happened with Israel. I mean, of course, if it was really a great land, they would have dove right into it. Curtis Martin, NFL fame, fortune. Who's not taking that dive? I'm swan diving into that baby, right? Millions of dollars, fame, fortune, people, hundreds of thousands of people cheering you on. Who doesn't want that? Is there a guy in this room who doesn't want that? You all want that, so why wouldn't he launch? He got right up to the edge of his promised land and he said no. And you know what? His pastor was there. His pastor was there. Everybody say, thank God for pastors. Thank God for pastors. His pastor was there. And you know what his pastor said? He said, hey, Curtis, Curtis, Curtis. Maybe football is just a tool to give you a platform to help people. Maybe it's about helping people and you just use football to help people. And this is what he says in his induction. He said a light bulb at that moment, from that word, 
from thank God for his pastor, went off in his head. He says this, it went off in his head. And he realized at that moment that he had to play. I want to read it. Here's his quote. I played for a purpose that was bigger than the game itself. He immediately started a foundation after his first paycheck. He started giving 12% of his money away to the foundation. And that foundation changed the lives of single moms. And he said, when I ran the ball and when I trained, all I thought about was making a difference in the lives of single moms. That's so that living. That's so that living. Just... Does your dream, does your hope, does your aspiration have a so that to it? Look, you want to own a home. Of course you want to own a home. is a great thing. Do you want to own a home so you can feel better about yourself? That doesn't have any power to it. Do you want to get a degree so that you can have more degrees than all your siblings and all your friends? There's no power to that. There's no power to that. Do you want to make a bunch of money so that you can spend it all on yourself? There's no so that to it. There's no power to that right? Do you want to get married so somebody can make you feel good all the time? I got news for you. Ain't never going to happen, but, but okay. Never going to happen, right? But there's no power to that. But if you say, you know what? You know what? I, I want to serve somebody. I want to, I want to help somebody. I want to make a difference in somebody's life, right? I want to do so that living. That has a lot of power that flies, makes a difference. I want to end this service by praying a very special prayer straight out of the Bible. In the book of Ephesians, Paul prays a prayer, and I just felt like God said to me, you know what, if Paul could be here today, here's what he would pray over all of us in this room, because none of us are here by accident. He would pray these words, and it's about power, and it's about love. Notice how those two things come together, power and love. And I want to encourage you, as I just pray this over you, I want to think about what is stirring in your heart? What's God stirring in your heart? What do you need to step over to these walls before you leave here or here or on the way out that you need to write? I want to encourage you to write your hearts. Write your hearts. God will see that. And I've already said it. You know this. You're 10 times more likely if you write down your dreams and your hopes and your prayers. You're 10 times more likely to see your goals come to pass. I encourage you to do that. If you've ever, ever thought about visiting our prayer team, which is going to be right over here. Big Pat's over there. Wave your hands, Pat, right there. Our prayer team is going to be there instead of there. Here's a great day to visit our prayer team. They were outside yesterday in the rain praying for all of you. Special way. Okay? All right, here we go. We're going to pray this prayer. Ephesians chapter 3. Excerpts from it. Paul says, God, I pray that out of your glorious riches that God may strengthen you with power. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that surpasses information, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I just want to proclaim that over you in 2015 as we begin. And I believe that there's a bunch of us here who are right up on the edge of God's will. And some of us are going to launch right on through. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.